We are continuing our series on grace and truth, taking the whole year. Um, I have to ask around. I know a lot of pastors. I don't know any church that does a year-long series. But, uh, this year we're doing a whole year on grace and truth, and uh, we've gone through grace for six months. And guess what? This is the beginning of the seventh month. And you know what that means? We're finally to the point number two. We're talking about truth, grace and truth, and um, so in July, we're taking the whole month of July and just uh, asking the question, well, what is truth? And so, you know, a lot of people have sources for truth. Uh, Some people look to CNN. Some people look to Fox News. That's a source. There you go. How about Al Jazeera? How many ever read Al Jazeera? I, I highly recommend that you do. That's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's produced in a Muslim nation, but you get a different perspective <coughs> uh, when you read something from a different country. BBC. Uh, from Yeah, there you go. All right. <laughs> uh, and that's another. So all of these. And then there's, uh, there's, there's universities. This is actually a picture from Cambridge University, which is Jimmy and I. Remember that? We were there about just over a year ago, and just being on the campus in England, in Cambridge, I felt more intelligent. (laughs) It was weird. Just there's something about being there, like this whole place has just dedicated itself to learning and and knowledge for so many years, and the the most brilliant people in the world study there, as well as Oxford at Sister University, not far away. Um, so these are all places where you can find information, but not necessarily truth. Then you have things like scriptures, and, and this is a copy, of, this is a picture of the Koran, which many people look to, and then you have something that we use called the Bible. And so uh, all of these are different sources of information, and of course, there's truth. But what is truth? And that's the question of this series. The Bible is true, and I uh, would hope we believe that, but um, even Jesus said, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. You know, you could memorize this whole book, the Bible, you could memorize this and not know truth. When I went to, uh, when I was going to college, could you turn this down a little bit? It just seems too loud. Uh, I took a class on uh, Christian traditions because I thought, even though it was a secular university, I went to Western, wow, I'll learn a lot of good stuff, you know. Um, And the man who taught the class in the religion department was probably the most intelligent man I've ever met. Not only did he know all of Scripture, probably by memory, but he he knew it in the Greek, in the Hebrew, in the Latin, in German. I don't even know how many languages he knew. Whatever word you brought up, he could give you the, the word in whatever language that word came from the definition of it in its original language, he was brilliant. But you know what? He did not know truth. 
And the whole time I was in that class, I was a young, on fire, born again, spirit-filled, Pentecostal Christian, right? And he'd say stuff, and I was compelled to say, excuse me, sir, but the Bible said, and I remember one class, <coughs> one, one uh, class, he said something, I raised my hand, and he said, and he said I know what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. He knew the verse I was going to quote to uh, uh, oppose what he just said. And we just spent the whole time arguing uh, because he didn't know truth. He didn't believe this was True, he actually believed it was a collection of myths and stories that we can learn moral lessons from. But he openly said, you know, that's, that's nothing more than that. And, uh, and so th that's the difference between Christianity and, and Islam, the primary difference. So, and if you're ever talking to someone who is Muslim, keep this in mind that they, they don't worship Muhammad. They have deep respect for Muhammad the prophet, um, but uh, Muhammad is not Islam's Jesus. The Quran is Islam's Jesus, okay? And the Bible is, is not our Savior. Jesus is Christ, the Savior of Christianity. There's a big difference, all right? And so we're talking about what is truth. Most people, well, the Bible is true. I'm like, yeah. The Bible is a source of truth, but even Jesus said, if you search the scriptures, you're not going to find truth. They testify of Jesus. You need to know Jesus. And then there's this other statement. Truth is relative. How many have heard that before? Okay, so the common, you know, the humanistic, humanism as a philosophical viewpoint of the world or the common understanding of this is that Truth is relative to the individual or the setting, the place, the circumstances. In other words, what's true for you may or may not be true for me. All right? And so truth is dependent upon a person, individual's uh, point of view, their history, their uh, biases, their choices, all of that. And <clears throat> the problem with that is eventually you run into this thing called objectivity, objective reality. You know, <laughs> no matter what you be, feel is true, if you step off a thousand foot cliff, when you hit the bottom, you are going to die. <laughs> All right? And so there's objective uh, reality does exist. And so those who embrace this idea of relative truth, kind of like, like they're ignoring this incredible thing called objective reality. All of science, by the way, uh, is based on the Christian idea that there was a creator God who created the universe based on uh, immutable laws that he created, okay, and that we can know what actually exists through experimentation. And so science is not opposed to Christianity. Science is actually the fruit of Christian thinking if you study the, the history of it. And it's based on this idea that, that we can reliably test things because there is truth, and if you test it and it doesn't, uh, isn't verified, then it's not true. All right, so objective reality is real. It exists. Ravi Zacharias, his whole career, how many have heard of Ravi Zacharias? How many have heard Ravi Zacharias? 
How many have heard them in person? One. How many have heard them in person twice? To me. So there. <laughs> Unbelievable speaker, one of the best uh, uh, person in, in the world today that uh, his main thing is apologetics, which is giving a reasoned response to the questions of faith and truth. And so he's devoted his whole life into this idea of explaining why Christianity and the things of God are are intellectually sound. <clears throat> but this is a good quote concerning religion and truths and objectivity. He says, my premise is that the popular aphorism that all religions are fundamentally the same and only superficially uh, different simply is not true. It is more correct to say that all religions are at best superficially similar but fundamentally different. Okay, so there's a superficial similarity but fundamentally, there's a deep difference between the different religions, all right? And in another place, he says, Jesus, Jesus and Buddha cannot both be right, all right? Because what they're saying is fundamentally different, okay? Uh, and if you delve into this, and that's where you, you get to the relative truth versus the objective truth, and ultimately, eventually, you have to come to a place where, well, what is objective truth? Um, what is truth? <clears throat> well, we're basing this uh, series on several scriptures. One is, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so this is in the introduction of the book of John concerning uh, Jesus Christ, that Jesus became flesh, and he is full of grace and truth. And, and in verse 17, it says, The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Here's another um, comparison in Scripture, the law being the written, the first five books of the Bible, also known as the Torah, uh, written by Moses. That's part of Scripture, right? That's true, correct? So Scripture is true, but it says the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through a person, Jesus Christ. And so there's a built-in uh, contrast there. And then Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so Jesus brings a whole different, in fact, I would say a new definition um, to what is truth into the argument, as, uh, as it were, into the human conversation of what is truth and how can we know truth because Jesus claims to be the truth all right <clears throat> truth isn't relative but truth is relational all right uh, it's through relationship this is what Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father except through me so there there's a relational aspect to truth, not knowledge of information. It's through relationship and not simply knowing the right information that we find truth. Nevertheless, we use the word truth uh, for factual information, right? And so this is the problem with language. Words are used in different ways. Is this true? Yeah, it's actually true that such and such happened. So that's factual truth. But we're talking in this series about truth with a capital T. All right, objective truth, truth that endures 
beyond when the information no longer matters. All right? Uh, a truth that is eternal. And it's the relational aspect of truth, the fact that truth is relational, it's really why the error of relative truth is so sticky. All right? And what I mean by sticky is it doesn't go away. This idea that truth is relative and dependent on a person, that isn't, it isn't completely wrong. Is it okay for me to say that? Because actually, to a big degree, truth is relative because it depends on a person's relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay? And so there is, a, there is a relative or a relational aspect to truth, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And we're going to look at in the story of when Jesus is interacting with Pilate uh, the governor, uh, while well, he was being tried <clears throat> after he was arrested uh, right before he is crucified. So this takes place in John chapter 18, <clears throat> verse uh, 33 through 40. Pilate entered the praetorium, again called Jesus and said to him, are you king of the Jews? So Pilate's just trying to get the answer to a question so that he can get his job done and, and, and go home. And Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you this concerning me? I love Jesus' answer here. Jesus is, Jesus is facing the Roman government on a sentence of death in this trial. And he's asked this question that has the, um, the possibility of him being released or the possibility of him being uh, crucified. And he answers it in a way that shows concern for the individual of Pilate. He says, are, are, are you actually asking me this personally? Or are you just saying this because someone else told you this? You know, and so Jesus reveals here, hey, this is a personal, this is a relational question that you're asking me. And Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? So Pilate hears the question from a relative perspective. I'm not a Jew. Your truth doesn't apply to me. I'm a Roman. I'm the Roman governor. I'm in charge here. Answer the question, what have you done? And so the way he's thinking is relative. And he's like, I, I don't really care what you Jews are up to. Just answer the question so I can make a judgment on this thing. And so you see, Pilate's perspective was truth is relative. Jesus' perspective, truth is relational. And then Jesus answers very amazingly. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. So he's, he's saying, it's not relative. It's objective. In other words, the relative issues that Pilate was using to differentiate between his truth and other people's truth, which is, a, which is a, a, a ethnic division, Jew versus Gentile. Jesus is saying, wait a minute, man. It's not of this world. The world, he wasn't just saying this earth. He's like, hey, it's not of this dimension. It's not of this order. It's, it's not of this cosmos, is the actual Greek word that's used most often for the word world. And Jesus is saying, I am speaking objective truth here. My kingdom is not just 
about Jews and Gentiles. My kingdom is much, much bigger. It's, it's not relative of objective. And then he goes on to say, if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore answered him <clears throat> and said, are you a king then? You know, just answer the question. And Jesus said, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born and for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Jesus ties truth directly to the, the ability of an individual being able to hear the voice of him, Jesus Christ. So it doesn't matter what information you learn in college or in the news or whatever source you may have. The only way that you can know truth is to hear Jesus' voice. And that's relational. Jesus said, no, he slams back and said, you need to understand truth in the way that it really is. And the way that Jesus represents truth is that it's relational. And then Pilate says the, most, the famous question and the, what we're basing this series on, well, what is truth? So 2,000 years ago, people in the world basically had the same mindset that we encounter today. What is truth? Whatever you make of it, right? What, why, why do you even bring up this question? Nobody can figure this out. See, we think we're dealing with new questions. <laughs> There's nothing new under the sun. There are no new objections to Christianity, right? People come across new ideas. It's only because they haven't studied history. It's the same old ideas repackaged again. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like, uh, what do you call this? Dress. Style. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm not, too, I'm not very much into fashion and stuff. Yeah, just put it in the closet, it'll come around again. Uh, so Pilate said, what is truth? And then he's jumping back to this idea. His understanding of truth is that it's relative. And then, well, you can argue that forever. But what Jesus is, is saying is not relative at all. It's relational. You need to have a relationship with me. And that's never going to change. All right? And when he had said this, he went out, uh, Pilate went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. But you have a custom that I should release someone to you at the Passover. Uh, do you therefore want me to release to you the king of the Jews? And they all cried again saying, not this man, but Bar Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber and so they were, they were dead set against Jesus and they didn't care who was released. They just didn't want Jesus released. And then the most powerful part of the story, I'm not going to read it, I'll just summarize it, that uh, Jesus then demonstrated the true nature of truth by personally, personally, in his own body, taking upon himself our sin, the guilt of the sin of every man, woman, and child on planet Earth when he was crucified on the cross, beaten, tortured, nailed to the cross and died and in that death for that moment he was separated he cried out on the cross my god my god why have you forsaken me so he personally endured the penalty of everyone's sin taking it upon himself individually so that we all of mankind everyone who hears his voice and who accepts what he's done 
can be restored uh, into relationship with one another and with God. All right? And that's what truth is, all right? is what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Another philosopher who works with Ravi Zacharias, Oz Guinness, says, at first sight, the biblical view of truth is obscene to modern men, modern minds. And, 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 and I just want you to say, when you're encountering, some, especially someone that's uh, academic or intellectual or you know, is arguing philosophies and stuff, you know, don't be upset that they get offended with the idea of Christians' stance of objective truth and that the Bible is true and we have to base our life on it. Because that, the idea is they've been taught, they've been trained uh, to think that that is a bad idea. The idea in and of itself that there's this, this is true and everything else isn't, is offensive to them. Don't be put off by that, you know. Uh, have empathy. Uh, but it's just true. It's, it's obscene to the modern mind. It's arrogant. They think we're arrogant. Unfortunately, Christians come across as very arrogant. <laughs> and we need to come across humble, all right? Um, it's intolerant, it's divisive, divisive, it's judgmental, and it's reactionary. But on a deeper level, once they understand the relational, and it, you have to get past the informational aspect of truth to get to the relational aspect of truth. All right? Now, the informational aspect is important. You have to believe that Jesus actually lived in, uh, on the earth and said what he said. But it's unto relational. On the deeper level, biblical view is profound. It's timely. It's actually urgent for today, even for those who reject it. But regardless of what the world thinks, we follow the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, we therefore worship and serve the God of truth whose word is true uh, and who himself is true and may be trusted because of his covenantal faithfulness. It's based on his faithfulness that personally he was faithful, always has been faithful, always will be faithful. I don't know if you know this, but we have on staff a talented graphic artist. <laughs> his name is Pastor Mark. And so he's explaining, he says, this is how he, he, he's explaining truth, that uh, in the beginning at creation, there was unity with God and with one another. We were all together uh, mankind, and this was the original intent, that God and men would live in paradise, right? That's what we are looking forward to, the restoration of that. And so there's real community, there's not divisions, and it's the idea of shalom, which is a Hebrew word, which means not just peace, but not just absence of conflict, but the presence of an abundance of everything good and, 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 and lovely and, and peaceful and relational uh, peace. And there's truth in relationship. So truth is depicted here in the fact that we are, have a wholesome uh, relationship with God and one another. But then something terrible happened. Okay, that unity was broken by the fall. And it, was, and it broke relationship, all right? Humanity chose its own truth. And this happened in the garden when... Uh, um, Eve uh, uh, was deceived and then Adam sinned by uh, violating God's word and choosing uh, what they wanted to believe rather than what God told them. And you know what? That's what's been happening ever since. <clears throat> and Mark described what those little drawings were on the bottom. I can't remember which all of them. Some of them are pretty obvious, money and, and things like that. There's a tank. So there's all kinds of different things that people now... Uh, 
use to define what, their world, what's important to them, or what's true, what that, what's matters, whether it may be their personal desires, power, prestige, um, uh, money, <coughs> entertainment, uh, unwholesome sexuality, intellectualism, all these different things become truths, and it's because we're divided, and then in our division from God, we cluster with people that think like we think. And so there's endless different divisions within humanity. Um, and so we're broken. And the brokenness just continues to fragment. The whole of mankind is fragmented. And then us as individuals are fragmented as well. And then this wonderful thing happened when Jesus came. We call it redemption. All right. God, through Jesus, came to restore us into relationship. And he did that on the cross when he took the penalty and he bridged the gap he he came revealing grace and truth and that you know there's a there's an order in scripture that Jesus is the fullness of grace and truth the law came through Moses but grace and truth through Jesus Christ and and grace has to be first all right Jesus brought the truth but he came out of grace God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. And so the motivation uh, of Christ's coming is not just to tell us the truth and get us right. It's to communicate the grace of God that we are accepted when we receive him and revealing the truth. And so on the cross, Jesus bridged the chasm that none of us could ever cross. All right? he, made the, he reconnected individuals as well as mankind to God uh, crossing that, that chasm. And so then we have what uh, we would call restoration, which is the end goal, where we, we return to the original intention when God created mankind to live eternally with him in relationship and with one another in, in perfect relationship, restored relationship and proper alignment between God and each individual, between God and all believers, yeah. all right? And so there's, you know, it's not just like a personal salvation where you get to spend eternally personally with God. We get to spend eternity with one another in God, having our relationship restored perfectly. There's not going to be any, any interference, any breakdown between personal relationships. And then as a community, we're in right relationship with God. And then with God and all the creation. Because the restoration of, uh, that Christ accomplished on the cross doesn't end just with people going to heaven. It actually ends with Christ returning to earth and restoring the proper order of the whole of creation. Everything that sin has broken, Christ is going to restore to its original intent. All right? And so uh, we will spend eternity with God living as humans in God's presence, not fallen, broken, sin, sinful humans destined to die, but restored, redeemed, resurrected uh, men and women uh, in perfect relationship with one another and with God, interacting, interfacing with God and interfacing with the world in the way it was originally created. I know, it's astounding. The whole, of, the whole universe is going to be shifted and everyone, uh, uh, there's, it's going to be amazing, all right? We don't know what it's going to be like. And it's going to happen fully 
when Christ comes. So my question to you today is, where are you at? Are you there? No, no, nobody's there. <laughs> if, if you think you're there, you need to go see a psychiatrist. <laughs> all right, because nobody's in perfect unity. We all of, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, all of us struggle. All of us live in brokenness. And so that original intent was, was permanently broken. And if there's one thing all of humanity agrees is that something's wrong. <laughs> everybody has a lot of solutions, but everybody agrees it, it's broken, man. This thing's not working right. So are you there? And that's where people not living in relationship, they haven't come to the cross, they don't know Jesus Christ. Maybe they know religion. Maybe they know a lot of information. <clears throat> but they haven't made a reconnection with God, and so they're living in their own separate truths, and those truths are separated from God. Or maybe you're here, maybe you're at the place where you've seen the cross, you've heard the message, and, and you've accepted that through Christ, you can be reconnected to God. <clears throat> and I would say, this is where most Christians live. But this is not where we're called to live. Because there's still a lot of jagged edges in this illustration, isn't there? There's still actually brokenness in this uh, place. Um, and what God wants us uh, to be at, where God wants us to be is here, where we are restored, all right? We're not just redeemed, but we're restored. In other words, that there's a, there's a unity and community of relationship with God and relationship with, with, with one another that there isn't still division and brokenness. And so as Christians we sometimes experience a moment here when, you know, maybe for you it's, it's in a worship service where you're able to forget all of your problems and you experience a, a, the presence of God or, or maybe for you it's in a time of prayer where, where you hear God's voice and there's just a clarity and, and you just, all of a sudden you just love everyone and you love God and you don't, you know, all, there's this perfect sense, but then you know, you go back and you face a problem in life. You go to work and your boss yells at you or, you know, you tell your kids to do something and they do the opposite. And then you jump back into this category and it's like, oh, all these problems in life, but I'm hanging on to God through Jesus. And it doesn't mean you're not saved. You know? And sometimes people fall back or get stuck back here. It's like, I, I just want to live in my own world. And sometimes people camp out in their own little truth for weeks, months, days, years, decades. You know, maybe they've heard of the cross, but they haven't really accepted it. And more importantly, they don't live in the restored relationship that we're called to. And listen, you don't have to wait until heaven to live here. Because Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. Everything that needs to happen for you to live in perfect community and unity with God and one another has already happened. Everything that needs to happen to free you from sin has already happened. And so if you struggle with this sin, it's not because you can't be free from it. It's because you're hanging on to something that's not true. 
It may be in, informationally correct, an experience you actually had that caused a wound. But it's not ultimate truth. All right? Because you're set free from sin. Sin no longer has dominion over you. The Bible says that. Jesus accomplished that on the cross. Now, we still live in a world that's broken and filled with broken people. All right? But as an individual and as a community, we can live in the wholeness of truth as God intends for us. And if we slip back into this area and need to hang on to cling to the cross during a difficult time, that's okay. But realize God is calling you into that. And when Christ comes back, you're going to stay in that place forever. And if you're here today and you keep going back and forth, or maybe you've never gotten to the place where you said, oh, I get it. Jesus comes and brings truth. Truth doesn't mean you understand the answers to all the questions. Truth means that you can't understand the answer to all the questions, but Jesus does, and we can connect to the one who knows the answer and has the solution for every one of our problems. It doesn't mean we give up on learning and researching. That's good. That's part of what we're created to have a mind that asks questions. But it means that we're connected to the one. We realize that the, relation, the relational aspect is the most important aspect of truth. And so I, uh, I uh, encourage you to cling to the cross and then seek to live in the place where you're in unity with God uh, so that, and with one another so that those divisions no longer cause you to be separated and, and to pull back. Would you join with me in a word of prayer? Father, we thank you for your grace, <clears throat> Lord, that you've uh, come and offered salvation to each and every one who embraces you. And as we ask this big question over this month, what is truth? I pray that you'd help us uh, learn and, and help our minds as well as our spirits and our hearts be open to uh, the uh, presentation of truth as you've given us in the person of Jesus Christ. And not only for our sake, Lord, but for our community's sake and for this generation that desperately needs voices uh, declaring what truth is that welcomes people into relationship. And so, Father, let us be those who walk in the truth. In Jesus' name, amen.